Hey guys, it's Charles with the Barbershop Group Podcast. Uh, I want to say right off the bat, no, it's not lousy noise quality. I am actually recording today out at a park. <clears throat> Figured it'd be a good idea to come out, <clears throat> get out of my little home office of my studio and uh, get out in nature, man. And, you know, today is Earth Day, right? It shouldn't be called Earth Day, really, honestly. I mean... It's not one day to respect the earth. But at any rate, out here and uh, just kind of hanging out, getting some sun uh, away from everything, um, away from mostly everything anyway. Uh, But it's funny, I'm watching uh, some little toddlers here at the park with their mom playing. And it's a joyous thing to see. It's really cool to see that these guys are just completely immersed in nothing but their play and in their uh, their investigation of the earth, their investigation of their surroundings in a way that we adults just take for granted all the time. And I often tell people, you know, one of the things that we should do is we should go back to being children. And it doesn't mean, excuse me, it doesn't mean uh, making poor choices. And I don't think that children necessarily make poor choices. I think that the way that we have uh, in our society and other societies around the world, the way that we have characterized childlike behavior is to speak down on it. And I think sometimes we may need to go back and reinvestigate, rethink how we uh, label certain types of behavior just because we have moved away from it or maybe we don't completely understand it um, doesn't mean that it's it's wrong or, or bad. It's different. And sometimes it can definitely be eye-opening. So watching these guys play here uh, is a great segue into something that I wanted to uh, put out there today for you all. You know, sometimes people ask me um, to talk about this process of letting go. There, there are colleagues that work with me in the barbershop group who um, hear me talk about it but want to know more um, because sometimes I can just kind of give a little bit here and there and I don't feel like I have to uh, get into it <clears throat> on a deep level. I, I think that a lot of it is about people coming to this realization on their own and what letting go means for them. But they say, well, can you talk about this letting go process and what it meant for you and what it means for you? Because I'm not done letting go. Don't get me wrong. Um, But um, a lot of times when I'm talking, I'll mention something about ego. And I'll never forget when I was working with adolescents in an AOD treatment facility, I used the word ego. And one of the boys said, man, what is that? This 16-year-old, 17-year-old guy had never heard of something called the ego before. Um, I mentioned it to him and I was completely shocked. Uh, The look on his face, but not just on on his face, but on on the faces of some of the other um, guys, as well as some of my coworkers was just one of, you know, they were puzzled. And I was shocked because they were shocked. Like, you haven't heard of this, man? Where have you been? We worked in a treatment facility. But, uh, hey, you know, all things don't come to all people all the time or at the same time. And we we learn when we learn. So, um, you know, one of the things that that I have been able to ascertain 
about my life. And as I look out there, I'm able to see it uh, for a lot of people's lives is that, you know, when we're when we're children, um, we don't really have the active ego when we are in our mother's wombs. We are perfectly content with what we have when we exit from our mother's wombs, when we are born into this world, um, we are perfectly content. I mean, yeah, obviously there's things like hunger, um, psychologically, developmentally speaking. There are things that the infant experiences that says, hey, I need this. I need attention. I need to be held and, and, and stuff like that. So there are different stages of need. But there's a particular stage of need that happens to children that begins to open up the child to uh, what I call egoistic tendencies, right? So it's almost as though everybody's so happy, everybody's so praiseful when God, right, if that's your higher power, God or source, right, um, gives them a child they god has formed this child in the womb this child is perfect there are all types of uh religious uh literatures about this infant being perfect and we truly believe that i I think a lot of us truly believe that but it's funny what happens as soon as that child is born it's almost as though we're saying to god okay god thank you for doing your job we'll take over now we'll influence the child the way we want to influence the child now and uh, the funny thing happens is with that influence, with that parental influence, with that family influence, societal influence and everything else, we start to cultivate a young ego in the child, a budding ego uh, in the child. Even in the learning process, the way that we praise the child for things that the child has learned, um, there are things that we praise a child for at a certain point in the developmental process that we don't praise the child for at another phase in the de- developmental process. And it makes you wonder, like, wait a minute, how is this OK? Like, you know, it's cool when Timmy is learning all of his body parts. Right. And you're so happy that he's learning to say the names of those body parts. But then all of a sudden, uh, when you have company over and Timmy runs into the room and he says, look, mom, dad, pee pee, pee pee. And he whips it out in front of everybody. Then all of a sudden, everybody becomes shameful. <laughs> and a lot of us have done that before. Right. And we watch people do that. And I have a totally different uh, group for men where I talk about how shame starts to build in children. So I won't get off into that. But it's just funny how different things uh, come into play. As we start raising children and uh, get to these to these egos. And I think that another thing that we do a lot of times with our children is that we start buying the children things. So, um, you know, it's his bed. It's her doll. These are his clothes. We put these these possessive pronouns in front of objects. And we would put these personal possessive pronouns and in front of these these objects right uh children learn 
that things belong to them and how dare you touch my stuff. So at the same time that we're giving stuff to our children, we're also as parents, right? We're also wanting our children to share with other children. (laughs) It's kind of weird how that works out. So here, this is yours, but now share it. And we don't realize that we're sending a conflicting message to kids um, when it comes to to those things. So there's a lot to say about, you know, our false self, because I think that that's really, really what's got a lot of people um, wrapped up. And I'm not saying it's got you necessarily, but if you're honest and you're doing self-assessment at some point in your life, you can probably pinpoint where uh, you had some type of ego this way or that way. Uh, Or you had some type of issue with your ego this way or that way. We all do it. And the ego never sleeps, okay, for any of us, for myself, for you, for someone you know. It's always lingering around. But, um, you know, one of the the things that's really interesting about the ego is something that uh, Dr. Dr. Wayne Dyer, um, he talked about it a little bit. He said, you know, the the ego um, early on is learning the ambition. Uh, stage. It's it's learning in the ambition period, and so it's like, well, what is what is the ambition period? And um, basically, as a child, you kind of go from being a nobody or being a perfectly just a perfect nobody, right? You don't you don't name yourself. You're not a banker. You're not a lawyer. You're not anything that you do, right? Children don't have tags that they do. They don't walk up to each other and say, "Hey, what do you do?" You know, they just are. Right. Uh, But somewhere along the line, we go from this nobody uh, being to somebody training. And for a lot of us in the American uh, context, right, it's school. So um, when we are in elementary school and and continue that process, you, you learn early on that here's some grades that you get for responding to some questions that I asked you. And according to how you respond to those questions, your grades are either going to be this, or they're going to be that, or they're going to be that, right? So you'll get an A, you'll get a B, you'll get a C, you'll get a a satisfactory for S, you'll get an unsatisfactory. If You know, I don't even know what everybody's using today, but you guys know what I'm talking about. And so that kind of sparks this ambition. Now little Timmy wants to do better. Right. And little Timmy wants to know what 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 Samantha got or or what Andre got or what Keisha got and starts comparing himself to those other three people. Right. And it's okay. Wait a minute. Well, I did better than Keisha and 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 the other two students. But there's one student who's better than me and I got to figure out how to beat that person. Right. That's somebody training. Now, what what happens in this somebody training that that kid isn't getting, you know, pleasure out of his own validation. Right. He isn't getting validation through himself. Right. He's not enough in and of himself. What he's figured out early on is that um, if I get this good grade, according to what the teacher has said, now I'm good enough. So this guy is a de- is developing a self according to what his teacher has said, according to the teacher's judgment, according to the parent's judgment. And that's a sticky one right there, because even as a parent, I can tell you there are times in my life earlier in, 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 in my parenting where I 
consciously and unconsciously wanted my children to respond favorably to something that I was teaching, some thought process that I had. Uh, I gauged them based on that, thinking that those were going to be the best outcomes for my children. And I'm learning now as my children are older. Right. That's not the case. Yeah, maybe that may be the case for some, but that's not the case for all. And it's definitely not the case for my children. So, you know, at that point, you get into this ambition period. And there's six part of 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 the ego, really. But I, I like to, to mention this thing uh, that Dr. Dyer talked about. You know, when you when you speak about ego, ego can kind of be summed up. Uh, using an acronym, ego, E-G-O, ego, uh, edge God out. So the larger your ego becomes, uh, the less connected you become with your ultimate source, the source that puts you in the womb that was taking care of you, right? That gave you everything you needed. Um, when your ego begins to develop, now all of those things are forgotten, so six parts of the ego is, you know, who I am is what I have. And that's that's the first part. So talking about uh, children. Right. Yeah, I have this Hot Wheels car. I have this Nintendo switch. I play this game. Um, I have this many bikes. I have, you know, uh, whatever drones and, and things that are out there. It's what I have. Right. And really, truthfully, we're not the things that we have. But you'll see that a lot of us parents. Right. Uh, because we want to love our kids and we want to make sure, especially if you grew up in, in, in something close to poverty, not even necessarily poverty. You want to make sure that your children had comparable to what you had or better than what you had. Let's, let's just be honest. That's that's the case for a lot of us. Um, but, you know, it leads us down the slippery road where we start to identify with the things that are around us, with the possessions that are around us. And I got to tell you guys, nothing, nothing can ever be possessed. People can't be possessed. Things can't be possessed. We all have to let those things go. Either we let those things go because they get old, we lose them, we misplace them, they're taken, we die. Everything we have to let go of. There's nothing that we can hold on to except for our actions. We can't even hold on to our intentions. And although there are people out there who say, oh, your intentions, right? No, your intentions are thoughts. And guess what happened to your thoughts? How many thoughts do you have every day? You have a million thoughts every day, more than a million thoughts every day. In fact, you, it's, you can't even count the number of thoughts that you have every day. And these thoughts are uncontrollable, right? And you can't remember all of them either. Right. And even if you had a thought about something that you do remember two years ago, do you think the same way about it today? Probably not. So anyway, your actions. OK, that's what people are going to remember. So we are not the things that we possess. And I love hearing this uh, this little sentence a lot. You know, it makes a lot of sense. If we are what we have, then we do not have. Then we aren't. And I think a lot of people have struggled with that, whether we're talking about uh, having relationships with individuals, we're talking about stuff, anything that we could possibly say we have. A lot of times we run into trouble when we don't have that thing. And when I say we run into trouble, I mean, we run into trouble in our own minds, right? In our own minds, the ego begins to imprison us. Uh, thinking that, uh oh, I don't have 
this particular type of relationship with this person, I'm no good or I'm deficient. Right. There's got to be something else for me to do. There's got to be a way for me to get that type of relationship. I have to have that. All right. And that's not the case. Um, I was speaking with a good friend of mine who opened up to me recently saying, hey, you know, I've never had the opportunity to really, really raise my children the way that I wanted to. I wasn't able to make an impact in their lives. And I'm empathetic and I'm listening to this and we'll continue to have the conversation. But I knew that about him. But I, I rewind and I listen really carefully. I'm like, hey, guess what? I hear you. But that's all ego, too. Right. That's all ego, too. We're going to have a very limited we're going to have a very limited impact uh, on our children over time. Yeah, we may be able to influence some things here and there. But if nature would have it, if nature would have it and these children live a long, lengthy life, they'll live long past us and they'll develop in ways that we could not fathom. They'll have picked up some of the ideas that we had and they will have put them down before their own death. Okay, and we will be long buried in the in the ground and and decayed. So that's something to also think about again, letting go, checking our own ego. So um, one of the things in the first stages is that it, it seems like we have trouble kind of moving away from things we just we just do i mean we live in the facebook instagram age where everybody is showing their things they're showing their trips their vacations they're showing you the food they eat they're showing you their clothes and i mean you just think about this for a minute let's let's rewind the clock And take away social media and just think about having landline phones for a moment. Right. How often are you going to pick up the phone? If you got a landline at your house, how often are you going to pick up the phone to tell your girl or tell your boy? Hey, listen, so I'm having salmon croquettes tonight with asparagus and uh, some lemon drizzle. You know, you're not <laughs> you're not picking up the phone to do that. Oh, oh listen, let me uh, I, I got this new outfit from uh, Route 21 or Fashion Nova or wherever I got this outfit from, or, you know, from from Nike. Let me let me talk to you about these new Nike shoes. Well, we probably did talk about Nike shoes back in the day, but I mean, realistically. Nobody's going to get on the phone today and do that the way they're updating their social media. I mean, you've got to be on the phone uh, a lot telling somebody about this. And a lot of us don't even have the, the, the language capability to be as descriptive in that type of conversation. <laughs> so that's not something that's real for us. Right. And I, and I hate to say that, but the Internet makes it feel like it's real and it's not real. Okay, it's a small snippet of our ego being shown on center stage. And I know that may be difficult, but that's what it is. All right. So, you know, our egos somehow manage to imprison us. You know, if we if we let it, our stuff right rules us all these these this, these possessions that we have, they they rule us and determine our value. So, I mean, it's not uncommon for people whose identity depends on ego values to fall into depression 
or, or even to um, to feel like, you know, they want to end their own lives when this stuff is threatened or, or disappeared. And, and if you think about it, I want you to consider if you've ever lost something at your house. Right. If you've ever lost an item, you've lost your glasses, your special pen, you can't locate uh, the wallet, phone, something. Right. Just how many of you you could be on your way out to a date. You could be on your way to work. You could have to go pick up the kids from school, any number of things. Right. And what happens to your mind the minute that you can't find that possession of yours? Everything in the world just kind of goes, wait a minute, stop. Your mood changes, <laughs> right? And if you recognize it, your body, your body actually responds to your brain. Your body changes, okay? The saliva in your mouth actually changes. The way you tense up changes. The pupils, the way that they dilate change, believe it or not. And there are studies that have been done on this stuff, guys. I'm not making this stuff up. All of that happens the moment your emotions are impacted by you losing something or misplacing something that you think is yours. Isn't that crazy? So think about it on that's a that's a micro level. Think about think about it on a macro level. Okay, you know, thinking about think about uh, something larger, a larger possession of yours that now maybe it's not been misplaced. Maybe it's been damaged. Or maybe it was taken away. Maybe it was taken away through no fault of your own. Maybe it was uh, something that happened and it had to be taken away. I don't know. But when you think about those things, think about how it impacts your mind. Are you attached to the things? And if it's you that's attached to the things, know that that's not your inner you. That's the ego that's attached to those things. So I'll end it here because that's the first part of it. And this is lengthy, guys. So I don't want to go too long, but I'll come back in here to talk about the second part of ego ambition so that we can really understand what's happening to us and how we have been trained over time to let the ego eat us alive. Right. So I hope that you've you've uh, you've enjoyed this little bit talking about the ego. As I said, this is just one part of it. And I'll, I'll continue because people always ask you, how did you get to the point where you just let go? Well, this is how I let go again. You've been enjoying the solo cast with me today. I'm sitting here in the park just getting some fresh air and sunlight. It's very much needed. Um, but uh, hopefully you will return back uh, to hear more about the ego and how it impacts our ability to let go and how we can move through some of these phases uh, of our development. Um, guys, if you enjoyed what you heard, uh, you can always go to www.thebarbershopgroup. Sorry, www.patreon.com uh, backslash the barbershop group uh, to donate there. Be sure to sign up for our workshops that are online. Um, you can sign up on our website at thebarbershopgroup.org. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. We put out a lot of um inspirational content we also put out a lot of news articles that are impacting mental health spiritual health uh physical health and financial health too 
And it's really important, guys, that you go ahead and connect to us because, as you know, we have about seven or eight uh, professionals who we all work together. Um, everybody's extremely talented, can offer a lot of life coaching, uh, a therapy if you're in their state of licensing, and uh, can help you deal with some of the things that you may have uh, been struggling with in life. Right. Uh, but if you don't need that and you just kind of want to check in man, definitely check in with us, let us know uh, what you think about the podcast and uh, we'll get back to you guys. We'll talk to you soon.